Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love. Love at first listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people... It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. KFI AM640. You're listening to The John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. We're on the radio from 1 until 4. After 4 o'clock, the iHeart app has the John and Ken podcast, so you can listen to anything you miss. John and Ken on demand, it's called. We're going to talk once again now to Bjorn Lomborg, a best-selling author and academic. Uh, He is, of course, uh, with the Copenhagen Consensus, a visiting fellow also at Stanford University's Hoover Institution, and he has been named as one of the world's 100 most influential people by Time magazine. We've had him on the show a number of times in the past to talk about climate change and the overreaction to it and the idea that we don't want to kill the world's economies with some of these uh, California-type ideas to battle uh, rising temperatures. He's got a new book called Best Things First, and we're going to bring him on the show to talk about uh, the book and uh, what, it, what it's about. Bjorn, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys? Oh, what a great connection, too. Where are you right now? Are you in Copenhagen? No, I'm in D.C. You're in Washington. All All right. Um, I'm in Washington. Yeah. But before we get into your book, uh, what percentage of this uh, climate change crusade is people uh, getting in on a racket because there's billions of dollars floating around? 
And what percentage of this has it just turned into a weird pagan religion? Oh, that is so hard to answer. Look, there's there's some to both of these things. So I, I debate with a lot of these climate guys. Uh, my understanding is that most of these people are actually honestly really, really worried people. Uh, and I get that. You know, look, if, if you listen to sort of mainstream news, if you look at the TV, it tells you one catastrophe after another. You get the sense that the world is coming to an end and and it's not hard to get the sense, oh, my God, we just got to do everything in our power to fix this climate thing. So I think most of it is well done. But of course, look, there's also a lot of money to be made. Last year, we spent $1.1 trillion on climate efforts. So very clearly, there's a lot of money to be made. And, and there's also a lot of people who like to believe that they have, uh, you know, that they're doing something that's incredibly important that gives meaning to their lives. Uh, so in that sense, there is some religion there as well. Your, your book is about best things first. What does that mean? So, look, we've talked, as you also mentioned, we've talked a lot about how we spend money really badly. So we spend you know, trillions of dollars on, for instance, climate, and we get fairly little good out of it. What I wanted to do was to look at the other end of this conversation. What are actually some of the very best things to do in the world? Because remember, uh, we live really, really nice lives in the rich world, but, you know, six billion people or more live pretty bad lives. You know, their kids die from easily curable infectious diseases. They don't have enough food. They have terrible education. There are lots and lots of problems in this world. We can't fix all of them, but some of them, it turns out, we can fix it very, very low cost. So what I'm really trying to talk about in this new book is to say, instead of talking about how we waste money and what, how we shouldn't be spending as much money as we do on some things, this is about what we really should be spending, just a tiny bit of money, but that would be incredibly good for the world. So that's the best things first. These are simply the things that the world should be doing. Well, give, give us a couple minimum. of examples. Yeah, so <laughs> there, there are 12 of them, so I would love to give you all 12, but let me just give you a few of them. So maternal and newborn health. Uh, when moms give birth, it used to be terribly dangerous also in the rich world, you know, about 1% of all mom, moms would die uh, giving, giving birth. No longer the case in the rich world, but it still kills about 300,000 moms each and every year. And every year, about 2.3 million kids die in their first 28 days on this planet. And we could help much of this. We can't avoid all of it, but we could help a lot of it at really low cost. Turns out that for about four or five billion dollars a year, which is not nothing, but you know, the big scheme of things, very, very little, we could save about 166,000 moms each year and 1.2 million kids. That's one good example is chronic So you're talking diseases. about redirecting the, some of the money that we're spending on climate change, <laughs> which might not well, be having any particular effect on the climate and using it uh, in situations where we could save a lot of babies from dying. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not actually making it that explicit. I'm more saying, look, whatever we do now, we spend, you know, look, we spend $1.1 trillion, so that's $1,100 billion on climate. We also spend about $2 trillion on military. We spend $5 trillion on education, mostly in rich countries. We spend a lot of money on a lot of things. What I'm simply saying is, the next money that we're going to spend, maybe we should spend five 
billion, so very, very little in the global scheme of things, and save 1.4 million moms and kids. So it's very little money. I'm simply saying let's spend it first where it would do the very most good. And we don't do that because why? The moms and kids <laughs> don't have uh, expensive lobbyists clamoring for the money? Uh, exactly. It's not and, as big and, a yeah. racket as uh, climate have, have, change. Have you ever have you have you do you have you ever seen that movie from uh, uh, from uh, Monty Python, uh, the uh, uh, meaning of life, uh, yeah, where yeah. they have uh, where they have all these doctors assembled in a big operating room, and they're all totally fascinated by all this equipment, and they're especially going for the machine that says "pling" as the what they call it. But they've forgotten one thing. They've forgotten the mom that's going to give birth. Oh, oh, wait, we're we're lacking the mom. Uh, you know, they're so excited about the stuff and all the expensive technology that they sort of forget the easy and simple things. Just to give you one example of, of easy things, about 700,000 kids die each year because they don't start breathing. This is also true in the rich world, but we have ventilators for these kids, and so they don't die. But in the poor world, a lot of them die. You can fix that with a very simple hand pump. It costs, what, $75, and then you can save over the lifetime of this hand pump about 25 kids. That's an incredibly cheap thing. So it's not the machine that says playing. It's not exciting and interesting. It just happens to be incredibly useful. So again, you could argue that what I'm showing here is not only best things first, but it's also the kind of boring things that mo nobody talks about, but we should. Yeah, and Bill Gates is trying to do some of this, isn't he? He, he is. Uh, but remember, you also get sort of you know, uh, you get into specific streams of stuff that you want to do. Uh, and, and so they've done a lot of good stuff on, on for instance, HIV and on malaria. Uh, but we still need more money. And, and, you know, remember, Gates spends, what, about three, four billion dollars a year. Uh, the whole world of the rich world spends about one hundred and seventy five billion dollars. But a lot of it is spent on stuff that feels good rather than do good. And a lot of it, you know, uh, we also got to be honest, is spent on climate related uh, investments, which are not all that great. So, you know, you, uh, yeah. you know, moms and kids are dying, but instead you give them, uh, you collect methane from their garbage dumps. So that's not a bad thing, but it's certainly not the best thing you could have done. I mean, I mean here in California, as you know, we are awash in all kinds of crazy climate policies. And <laughs> what's, what's, yeah, I, I mean, you know, uh, and there's a story out today on on how difficult it is to actually own an electric car because many of the charging stations don't work. And in cold weather, uh, electric vehicles, uh, the range can be off anywhere from 25 to 50 percent, according to this story. And I'm reading all this and it's like, man, we are hurtling towards a wall here because of this gas powered car ban that's going to occur in 2035 when it comes to sales, at least. And I'm thinking this uh, this stuff can't possibly happen. It's it's not this not going to work. It's no. not going to work in this time frame. No, and so it's probably not going to happen. Come uh, 2020, uh, 35, you know, politicians will realize if they actually implement this, they're going to be booted out of office very very quickly. So of course we'll be smarter than that, but we still will have lost a lot of money and a lot of time. And you know we're also trying to trans uh, transform all of our automakers into electric car makers exclusively. Look, there's nothing wrong with electric cars; they're good for some things, but they're just not ready. 
for prime time, and they're certainly not ready for most people to be the main vehicle that you're going to be using. And we need to be honest about that. And I think, again, you point out, if we can stop being so unilaterally focused on this one thing that can make the world better, and, you know, look, global warming is a real problem, and we should be thinking about how to fix it smartly. But it's not the only problem, and certainly not for most people on this planet, the main issue. The main issue is their yeah. kids die. Yeah, getting through the day. I know. I mean, just uh, just giving birth and, and raising your kid uh, to live a few years yeah. is an overwhelming problem. Uh, so you ask, so yeah, go can, ahead. I, can I tell you some other of those great stories? Yeah. Of, of what we should be doing? Uh, so, you know, for instance, education is another thing. Uh, everywhere, education is a problem. Uh, but in most poor countries, it's a terribly large problem. Uh, look, we got almost all kids into school now, but mostly they're not learning. Uh, so we estimate of almost half a billion kids who are in primary school in the low and low middle income countries, 80% uh, are basically not learning anything. And there's a very simple way to fix this. Uh, and this is what's so depressing again. Uh, and and you, you're going to ask, why isn't it happening? But that's, again, because it's not politically very correct to, to have this conversation. It turns out that most kids everywhere in the world are group according to age, right? So we put all the 12 year olds in the same grade and all the 13 year olds in the same grade, but especially in poor countries, all these 12 year olds are vastly different. Some of them are pretty far ahead and some of them are, have almost no clue what's going on. And so the teacher tries to sort of find somewhere in the middle. And so a lot of the kids are bored and a lot of kids have no clue what's going on. If you try to teach each one of these kids according to their own level, and one way you can do that is by getting them in front of a tablet one hour a day. So the tablet with an educational software, it costs about $30 per kid per year. And that means that kid will actually, just by doing this one hour a day and the rest of the day is gonna be you know terribly boring, confusing school, uh, just like it used to be, that kid will learn three times as much over one year as he or she normally would have done. That means they become much more productive. That means they're gonna be much better able to you know, get richer and fix all kinds of things, including climate change in the future. So the truth is for a little less than $10 billion, we could actually make most of the poor world about $600 billion better off each and every year. This is just a phenomenal opportunity to get people out of poverty. And again, it's one that we're failing on. Bjorn, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, the book, again, Best Things First. We appreciate you coming on today. My pleasure. Yes. Uh, Bjorn Lomborg, best Exciting talking to him. Yes. <laughs> He's you... also a head of the think tank, Copenhagen Consensus, and a visiting fellow at Stanford University. Always talks plain and truthful and great ideas. And again, the book is Best Things First, about uh, fixing 12 of the major problems uh, policies in the world. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. We were just talking about like some of the world's poorest people with uh, Bjorn Lomborg with the Copenhagen Consensus. He's got a new book out called Best Things First. Uh, now the flip side, the wealthiest people. Uh, you may have heard that Beyonce and Jay-Z have just spent $200 million on a Malibu beachfront home. $200 million. And it was cash. They don't get stuck with a mortgage, you know. Nobody wants a pesky mortgage when they're probably worth billions. Uh, you know, I, 
It is the largest real estate purchase in the United States, second only to a guy in New York who spent $238 million for a Central Park penthouse back in 2019. One of the guys who's the broker on this deal used to yeah. be a, a dad in preschool. Well, that's I, quite a commission, I, is it I, not? I've recognized his name. I mean, I haven't seen him in 20 years, but oh, really? I, the name jumped out at me. Yeah. Oh, um, I, that's the first thing I thought of. It's like, well, that that's a paycheck. I don't uh, know what the commission is, but well, he must any, already be any, wealthy because it says he's already worked with many celebrity clients, yeah. including Madonna and Ellen DeGeneres and Brad Pitt and Tom Brady. I didn't know him really well. I don't remember that going on 20 years ago, but yeah, that's uh, 40,000 square feet has its own private beach. It was originally commissioned by some soap opera legends, William and Maria Bell in 1999, but it took 15 years to complete the concrete mansion, of course, it sits right on the coast. And the house was eventually sold by one of their sons, Bill Bell Jr. And uh, it's $200 million for that house. That's hard to well, when you have when you have billions, you have to put the money in something. Yeah. That's the thing. You've got, you got to, you got to. It might be a good investment. It could be worth $300 million. Well, you got you know. to diversify. I mean, you can't have everything in uh, Apple stock. In, oh, I know. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Plus, it's a nice home, and I'm sure they have many homes. But, you know, it's just another home. That it's they another home. To. It's uh, like another stock, another whatever. Speaking of wealthy people, uh, the Wall Street Journal broke a story over the weekend that the uh, deceased Jeffrey Epstein appeared to threaten Bill Gates. Over an affair that Gates allegedly was having with a Russian bridge player, as in bridge the card game. Mm -hmm. If you're familiar with that, the uh, Gates met the woman around 2010 when she was in her 20s. Epstein met her in 2013 and later paid for her to attend software coding school. In 2017, Epstein emailed Gates, asked to be reimbursed for the cost of the course. He got turned down. And it appears Wait. that Epstein was threatening to reveal the affair if Gates didn't keep up an association between the two men. Hmm. Uh, it Apparently seems like messaging that was discovered. Epstein was trying to manipulate Gates because uh, the cost of a coding course isn't very much between guys with enormous amounts of money, right? Right, right. So it wasn't over that. It was... There was something else going on here, and Epstein knew something else about Gates. Well, it sounds he, like he was trying to make sure that uh, Gates stayed his buddy. That's what he was doing. Yeah. More than just about the course, you're right. No, it wasn't well, he wanted course. Gates to participate in a multi-billion dollar charitable fund that Epstein tried to establish with J.P. Morgan Chase. And the implication behind the message was, I might tell people about your affair, because Gates was married at the time. If you don't uh, keep up your association with me, that's that's appears to be from what uh, the journal learned from people who have seen the messaging between the two. The Russian bridge player, Myla Antonova, declined to comment and said she didn't know who Epstein was when they met. I had no idea he was a criminal or had any ulterior motive. I just thought he was a successful businessman and wanted to help me. Well, yeah, those guys are everywhere. I'm disgusted with Epstein and what he did. So it appears that perhaps uh, the reason I think this story is important is that this is the theory you and I had about how Epstein works, yeah. that he gets the goods on 
wealthy people, whether it's videos of them having sex with underage girls, which oh, is not I, the case with Gates, but it's the affair. I think right? this, I think that's where this story ultimately is going to lead. And these little tantalizing tidbits about Bill Gates shows you what information Epstein had on people, shows what he's willing to do with it. He wanted stuff out of all these wealthy people. He wanted Gates' money for these uh, charities, or charities, these... whatever, whatever fraud that he was setting up. I doubt, I doubt he really cared about helping anyone, right? And then to use those charities in order to make other connections, right? And I, I just, I just saw a story. I didn't get a chance to read it earlier today. That they think he had evidence against all of his acquaintances locked up in a safe. No, oh. he had he had records of what they did, which is what I always thought when I heard that there were cameras at his uh, pedophile island estate at his uh, New York City mansion. Oh, yeah. We all well, thought the same thing. Well, because what el- goods on these guys? What else? What else would you have them for? Why would you tape all your acquaintances having sex with underage girls unless you were going to use the evidence against them? You aren't going to watch all that, right? No. So what are you, you going to do? Open up a library, a museum for the public to come and watch Bill Gates have sex with a 20-year-old? Of course, you know, it's for him. It's, it, was, it was how he, he could make money and how he could leverage relationships and make these people do things with their money that he thought would benefit him. And that's what he wanted Gates for. for he wanted Gates' money to help further projects he was working on, which led to more things and more people that he wanted to know and wanted to use. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM 640. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. 
And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. All right. Well, the Diane Feinstein watch continues. Of course, a lot of stories last week when she returned to the U.S. Senate in more frail condition than ever after three months. And who knows if shingles is actually over with, but she appeared very frail. She had uh, some sort of facial paralysis. Uh, she's being wheeled around by people. One thing you need to know with this, which I don't think we explained clearly last week, there are a lot of stories that Nancy Pelosi's daughter is acting as Feinstein's attendant, wheeling her around, watching out for her. And people wondered why. Well, it's simple. Nancy Pelosi wants Adam Schiff to be the next California U.S. senator in the 2024 election. Ew. If Feinstein falters and resigns, Newsom is probably going to appoint a woman by the name of Barbara Lee, a congresswoman from the Bay Area. Because, and this is how it works in California, when Kamala Harris became vice president, we lost our black representative in the U.S. Senate. We've got to get that back. Even though he appointed a Latino to replace her, not good enough. I, I mean, I really don't so understand. So then he went on cable TV and said, it will be a black woman I appoint. I don't understand. What's the so let me finish the, the, the thought. Thing, this because Pelosi supports Schiff, she wants to keep Feinstein propped up until we can have a real vote next year. Because if Lee gets the appointment, people will start looking at that, see her as the incumbent. You know how California voters are. Next year's primary. Oh, she's already the senator. I click Barbara Lee. They don't but want they're that both insane. Oh, they're both insane. crazy people. I mean, Schiff really has mental delusions. Yes. And and she's nuts, too. She was part of the group uh, that was demanding uh, $3 trillion in reparations from the federal government a few days ago. She was standing she's famously with the only one in all of Congress that voted against invading Afghanistan after 9-11. Well, she was right on that one. Uh, <laughs> well, if we had found bin Laden, yeah. it took 10 more years. or Actually, it took a lot longer. I would have saved us a few trillion dollars. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm just, I'm just flabbergasted. By the, by the way, I, it, I, I can't take, I can't take the color stuff anymore. Picking people because of color, uh, that's, that's just absurd in a modern society. Yeah, I, it's I, part I mean, of the, people believe in the quota it, system, it, it, stand strictly well, by it, and I'm that's a, how it, uh, that's how it. I mean, blacks manifests. are blacks are like six, seven percent of of the state's population. But it doesn't matter. We had that seat. We want to continue it. Yeah, I know, but th th that's just irrational thinking. That's that's just random irrational thinking. That's got nothing to do with anything that makes sense. No, I, I mean, I just they, they they blurt out all these non sequiturs, all these oddball remarks. Plus, they're all going to vote the same. I just have contempt for this entire issue. They're all going to vote the same. You might as well leave, you know, Feinstein in there until she stops breathing. None, none of her replacements are, are going to do anything differently. Oh, I just enjoy the political maneuvering. Oh, yeah. No, I know. That Pelosi uh, wants to help her buddy out, so she's got her daughter in there trying to make it look like Feinstein's capable so she can make it till next year's just, uh, vote. Trying to point out the, 
to, to, to normal people, look at these petty insider fools trying to protect their turf. And they all have their different lines of succession that they uh, endorse. And none of, it's, none of it is to help us. None of it matters to our lives. No, and I, and I don't want to place too much emphasis on a Senate position. These people who believe uh, people in politics are so I, important. They I control our lives. They determine our lives and our fate. I don't, if, you're not, if you're not a mayor or a governor or a president, it's kind of silly. Then you're, you're, just, you're just another person arguing with a group of crazy people. Because right. city councils, state legislators, Congress, it's just dozens or Congress, hundreds of people all yelling and backbiting and trying to outmaneuver each other. It's not a productive job. At least you have some executive powers when you're governor or president. Yeah, the Senate's uh, not. I, I, mean, I mean, the last thing I'd ever want to be is, is a senator and listen to all these bloviating fools. You, you, every time they, there's a hearing, right? So every week there seems to be one hearing that grabs yeah, Everybody news. makes a speech. I know. And it's just nothing but endless diarrhea out of their mouths. All of it's a chance for them to grandstand in front of the cameras, although it's usually just on C-SPAN or something. I know. But to, to try they're, to make their, their big point for the official record, right? Yeah. Then all... when I campaign, I could say, I said that. It's in the record. I don't know. All right. We'll finish up. Coming up, uh, Johnny Ken, KFI, AM640. We're live everywhere. The iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM640. We're on until four after four. Anything you missed today yeah. uh, is on uh, John and Ken on demand on the iHeart app. Now we post it after four o'clock. Yes. And you could uh, uh, listen to it all evening. I know I'm riveted by the debt ceiling discussion. Holy mackerel. Uh, anyway. What's, yeah, yeah, there's more fake drama. It's, it, goes on, it seems like it goes on. I remember when Trump was president, it went on like every six months. It's the same yeah, thing, the debt limit. The, it's just their theater. Stupid. They uh, have reached an agreement for water that comes from the Colorado River. And apparently there are going to be cuts to uh, a number of the western states. California, Arizona, and Nevada will voluntarily cut their use of water by at least 3 million acre feet by 2026, including a million and a half next year. To give you an idea, an acre foot is about the amount a typical family of four uses in a year but when you scroll down and see the details of this they basically think that they can get the farmers to voluntarily conserve some of their water usage to make up for the shortfall and of course the articles are all full of this is climate change this is climate change this is really this this hysteria is metastasizing it actually turns out though that colorado had a pretty good snowfall so as that begins to melt they're going to pick up some water there. So, yeah. Well, and supposedly there's an El Nino coming for next year. Oh, there's not. Just believe <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> now, meanwhile, the and this story took a like a ricochet. The National Institutes of Health has officially cut off the Wuhan Institute of Virology from taxpayer funding. There was a story a few weeks ago that they were going to get more money, but it looks like uh, mm. Wuhan was actually on the list as of late April, but has now disappeared. Yeah, I don't think it's a what smart idea. You? No matter what happened to give no, them any more... They know what happened. Funding they, money. They just don't want to admit it. They know exactly what happened. 
for gain-of-function research. Yeah, I noticed specifically gain-of-function research was mentioned that they're not going to give money to because they know what happened. They were doing gain-of-function research, and uh, somebody spilled a beaker. And the virus got out, and the first people sick were the lab workers there. And this goes back to the fall of 2019 this happened, right. months before it became uh, 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 an American issue. And, it and, is and, the logical path and, of this because they've never really found this mysterious no, animal that no, infected everybody that, at that Wuhan that was, farmer's market or that live was, market. That was an intentional diversion to get everybody off off the scent. Right. The, the Chinese didn't want to take the blame for it, so they covered it up. The American, the American government didn't want to blame the Chinese except for Trump. The, the media didn't want to blame the Chinese, so they turned it into a hate crime to say it came from China. They really turned it into a hate crime. I've never seen such a massive propaganda uh, attack by the media over a, a simple fact that no, nobody, nobody really, I don't know, I don't know what the investment was in, in insisting it came from an animal rather than the Chinese Communist Party. Why was everyone in the tank to protect the Chinese Communist Party? Right. Isn't it really curious? Doesn't it make you wonder what's really going on? Because normally when when a, a, a you had a, a viral, viral outbreak of some kind, they told you, you know, which country it came from. Like HIV came from people eating bush meat in Africa, which I guess they were, what were they eating? Some kind of monkey brains. Some, something like that. Yeah. I mean, it was some sort of and animal. The, the Ebola virus. They told us exactly how that was getting spread around. But this one, all, all the traditions changed. Suddenly you couldn't speak of the country. You couldn't speak of that uh, Wuhan Institute. And why was it? Because yeah. we were funding, funding it. And Fauci was funding it. That's why they quickly turned him into a saint beyond a reproach and and they had this this weird uh, eco health company that Fauci was funding in New York and and that guy Peter Danzak was the leader of that eco health alliance he immediately put out a, a an ad in all the big newspapers with i don't know 50 or 100 doctors signing it swearing that it was from an animal and not from uh, a broken lab experiment so quickly so so assuredly I mean, it had all the hallmarks of propaganda. Why is everybody shutting down the lab story so quickly, so insistently? Well, none of them knew. None of them went to China. None of them did an investigation. But everybody was absolutely sure. And they made it some kind of like racial slur to uh, to accuse yeah, the Chinese to government. It, right. Yeah. Boy, that yeah, that's what this was. And I realized way, that a couple of, of Russian are, labs are also on the list. They just got deleted, too. We were giving Russian yeah, labs money, yeah. too. That's real smart. They ought to stop that gain-of-function research, but we're doing it in this country, too, at our American labs. Bad news. Uh, Conway's here. Hey, now. Hey, now. Hey, now. Hey, isn't it fun to watch uh, Boston Celtics to get their ass kicked? <laughs> and the Lakers, huh? Well, that, that hurts a little, but it is fun to watch the uh, Celtics get wiped out. Yeah. They're both going to come back and you win in so? seven. No, yeah. I don't. Wait, but. in 149 attempts where a team was down 0 and 3, there are 100 and, 0 and 149. Yeah, there are apparently a few teams that got it to seven games but lost the seventh game. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nobody's yeah, ever done it. Not in basketball. Yeah. In hockey, they do it. Like three or four teams have done yeah. it. Yeah. Including the Kings, by the way. Thank you very much. Uh, and then we have, um, oh, no. This is where Ken is going to accuse me of doing too much sports. Carmelo Anthony's retiring from the NBA. 
Well, he was I, he was still in it. I guess so. Yeah, I was going to say he's kind of a. Was he retired? Well, he was another horrible Laker. Who is he playing? What is he a father of a coach? How old uh, is this guy? <laughs> Uh, and then I, I, Amer- I LeBron's he, 20 years. So. I didn't know he was back. Oh, I I, I didn't either. Uh, American Airlines. What did he say? What did you think, Eric? He wasn't on the team this year. Oh, he wasn't. He last wasn't. year he was for. Brief. Yes, he was on the Lakers last year. All right. So he's not retiring. He's retired. Yes. They retired him. Yes. <laughs> That's okay. right. All right. Uh, American Airlines and JetBlue have to abandon their partnership. I uh, uh, In the, uh, the Northeast quarter of federal judge, they have uh, too much of a monopoly. So. Thing dog. All right, Conway's coming up. Yes, let's yeah. go. He'll Come cover on. that debt ceiling, right? Oh, yeah. Look, the Ding debt dog. ceiling is, we do it the last hour is all debt ceiling. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Raise the roof. Crozier's right. got the news. Ding dog. Live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to the John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.